welcome to Young Adult at Heart, Great YA Reads for All Ages, part of the Camden County Library family of podcasts. I'm Kristen, and with me is... I'm Ryan. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Today we are presenting X-Files Origins, Devil's Advocate by Jonathan Mayberry. I chose the book. That is correct. Sorry. <laughs> um, but Ryan's going to give a description. Go ahead. Dana Scully, a 15-year-old girl in 1970s Maryland, is the new kid in school after her family has relocated from San Diego following her father's naval reassignment. When kids at the school start dying under mysterious circumstances, Dana finds herself caught up in the investigation and may possess some unique insights into the case. That was my uh, summary, not the back of the book, which <laughs> is probably more accurate. No, that, that was good. I like it. That worked. Okay, what'd you think? Underwhelmed, I guess. Very kind of meh. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, I was hoping for more. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. This book came out um, like around the same time as Mulder's book. I'm jumping. So, okay, in 2017, no there are two new X Files books that came out. I don't know why X Files is suddenly so popular again. Maybe because the TV show got rebooted for. 11th season, um, but there are now going to be two more, and it's X-Files Origins. So there is Mulder's book, which is... Agent of Chaos. Thank you very much. And then this is Scully's book, um, Devil's Advocate. And it's written in the 70s, and it's from their perspective. Well, it's based set in the 70s. It wasn't written Sorry. in the 70s. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> set in the 70s, written in 2017. Um yeah, and it's supposed to be them as teenagers, and I, I don't know. I, I guess I was, I was kind of hoping for more. Yeah, I, I have to say, going in, I wasn't the hugest X Files fan. I mean, I, I'm not like an anti, but I, I don't have the the background. I'm not steeped in the mythos, so maybe because of that, it didn't really do it for me. But again, it was. It was kind of a middle-of-the-road experience reading the book. It, I didn't absolutely dread picking it up, but I wasn't really excited to either. Yeah, I I like X-Files a lot. Um, I can give you details that some people can give you, um, but I, I watched all the shows when I was a kid. I watched it on Netflix. I like own the Blu-rays at home, so... And none of that applies to me. Yeah, we, we, we like it in my house. Um, and there were things about uh, Dana that definitely fit in this backstory. Like, she's she was religious in the show. Um, I think even her cross pendant she still wears in the show, and that's mentioned in the book. Um, in the TV show, like she sees her dad before he dies, like in a vision. So she had these visions. Okay. So that that part was pretty accurate, but uh, she just yeah. <laughs> Goodreads didn't love her. I don't know if you ever go on Goodreads. Goodreads oh, Goodreads. Yeah, no. they, they were not overly thrilled with this. Teenage Dana Scully. I, I mean, again, I, I guess I agree. I, I don't have the, the background of having seen every show. I've seen enough. I mean, I, I know who Scully is. I know who Mulder is, but it, it didn't really jump out to me as like this is Dana Scully. Yeah. So I don't know. So obviously, Dana is the main character of the book. Yes. Um, I would say singly. Yes, and since you weren't like a big X-Files person, you don't feel like you're missing anything by not having seen the show, right? I, 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 I might be overselling the extent to which I'm not an X-Files 
person I've seen the show. Like I'm familiar with it. I I enjoy the theme song. <laughs> um, like I I know enough about it to be you know familiar with the characters. It's just, I'm not like a fanatic who's seen every episode. Is what the point that I was trying to make. So mm. I had less of a stake in loving this book than I might have were I that fanatic. Okay. But no, I don't feel like I was you know missing an important ingredient. Mm. Although I suppose if I was, I wouldn't know. So. Yeah. It was so it was set in the seventies, nineteen seventy nine. I uh, I never really felt like I was in the seventies. That's one of the the notes that actually that I wrote is I felt like it was kind of a wasted setting because I don't know aside from a few and uh, I'll actually get into this later aside from a few Star Wars references and like they didn't really go out of their way to make it feel like the seventies. It was kind of almost decade neutral. And that was disappointing. I mean, this is like. Stranger Things, you know, the 80s are big. Yeah. I don't know. I think people like the decade stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stranger Things, that, not to get too far off topic, I just watched Glow on Netflix, oh. which is also pretty good. That's it the wrestling, right? Also set in the 80s. Excellent. Also, it's, a, it's a good decade. It's a, it's a solid decade. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of things that come out of the 80s, yeah. I gotta say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Full disclosure, I come out of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us did. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like They made references like phone booths. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. Which if teens were to read this, I don't know of any teen that would know. I mean, cord, yeah, corded home telephones with only one line. I guess that's a, a thing. But I mean, I remember that from the 90s. So. A record player from Fleetwood Mac. But thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Fleetwood Mac is put on point again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree that. I, it was it was a wasted opportunity. I mean, it didn't really hurt the story, I guess, but it could have helped with immersion if they'd done more to, I don't know, point things out that were hardcore seventies. Yeah. So obviously, the story is about Dana. Um, there are I agree. There are other characters in this story as well. Um, you get some of her family, but not a lot of them. I guess Melissa probably has the I, biggest role. I would say Melissa is the, at least in the early part of the story, the second biggest character in it, although that, I would say, kind of changes later. Yeah. Um, and Melissa is her older sister who is very new agey. Yeah. She yeah. some yoga and wear our crystals. Incense and, yeah. yeah, crystal healing and all that kind of trance stuff. Um you want you want to talk about the other characters without naming names? Oh no, I'll name names. Oh, I'll, I'll totally name names. <laughs> We're naming names. We're naming names. Without too many spoilers, I'll name names. It's all good. Um. Also, so from the show, like Dana's big thing is like she's the skeptic. Right. Smolder is like I want to believe, and Dana doesn't really start off as a skeptic. Right. Or her first line in the book is "I want to believe." I think I killed some people, but I loved it. Yeah. Um. I recognize that as like a canonical X-Files thing, but again, it didn't really elicit strong emotions within me to see Dana saying that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess the whole the whole point they were trying to convey here is that she got to her current skepticism from somewhere very different, and that's probably why they gave her this backstory that they did. Which makes me really want to read Mulder's, because now I'm wondering, did he start off as a skeptic? And probably not. I mean, if it follows the same vein, if it was the same author, I'd say, yeah, probably. But since there's the different authors are writing the, the different books, then who knows? 
Um, I will say, I don't know how much you want me to reveal. I did start the next book. I'm like 30 or 40 pages in. <laughs> um, I won't say too much. I'll save that for the next. You're an overachiever. <laughs> well, I was done with this one for, for a while. And I finished this one five minutes before <laughs> we started the podcast. I might have downloaded the audiobook to listen while I drove and listened at two times faster. Well, that just means it's fresher in your mind. It is so I'll, in my I'll mind. take your uh, your opinions a bit more heavily than my own. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we get Melissa, who's um, her sister, and Dana's mom and dad are in the book. She's got a couple brothers, but they're not really talked about at all. So I, yeah, I think the one is a younger brother who literally just runs through scenes Charlie. and is is notable because he causes a distraction for thirty seconds and then is out of the room. Yeah, that's like his entire role in the book. And then uh, Bill Junior is off doing Navy things, so he's yeah. mentioned once or twice. He's kind of like the eldest Weasley, yeah. where he's off taming dragons and only shows up when someone talks about him not being there. It'd be better if he was off taming dragons. That would be better. That would have been a better book. Maybe that's one more of the, the FBI's secrets. <laughs> like that. So Dana starts the book off. Um, she's having nightmares about the devil. And she confides in her sister about these nightmares because they're freaking her out. She's not sleeping. And it sort of goes from there. And you get all of this, like, government stuff, too. I like that the different chapters. It wasn't just from Dana's perspective. There's all this other stuff at play. There were kind of two two storylines simultaneously that were going on, which wasn't bad. I, I didn't dislike that. It was useful at times, I thought. Mm -hmm. So it turns out... Dana's being spied on in her room by uh, the syndicate, which is the files. Agent Gerlach. Yeah, yeah, that's like a thing. Is that is that a name from? You know what? I actually don't remember. I was going to Google it because oh. there was. A, I mean, at the very end, there is a very iconic. The character. smoking man. Yeah, I, I know. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. I, I know enough about the X Files to know the smoking man. He, make, he makes a quick cameo towards the end of the book. Yeah, in the epilogue. Yeah. Um, all right, we're jumping ahead, but I think I think he shows up early in, in Mulder's book. Oh. He always seemed more, that he was more into Mulder anyway. Well, there you go. He, he gets an early start there. He has a great backstory. Have you ever watched that episode? I, I have. I don't think that I have, but... I'll find it for you. You can watch it later. I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um... <laughs> I don't know where I was going with any of this. Uh, we were talking about variant uh, storylines, the Agent oh. Gerlach. Okay. Yeah, so Dan Dana's having nightmares, and uh, Melissa is really into all the New Age stuff. And um, they recently moved to this town in Maryland, and there was a shop beyond beyond, and it's... Pretty far out there. Yes, it is. Uh, like New, uh, New Age, holistic yoga, which I guess maybe in the 70s, like yoga was like a crazy thing to do. Because Dana even mentions that like people would make fun of her if they knew she did yoga, mm -hmm. which is funny because I feel like everyone does yoga now. Yeah, it's pretty pretty mainstream now. Yeah, so um, Melissa decides to take Dana to Beyond Beyond um, to meet with the shop owner Corinda and uh, discuss what's happening because Melissa thinks that Corinda is dead. I think Corinda thinks that too. Yes, I totally, I totally cause shenanigans on Corinda like immediately in my head. Uh, you, when you were reading, you mean you, you didn't think that she was all she was uh, purporting to be? That is correct. Gotcha. I thought she was a charlatan. I kind of thought that about a couple of characters in the book. Um, 
mainly because I was, I was like, are they really going to give people superpowers? Yeah. <laughs> and I assume that they're not, but my, my initial reaction was like, this, this is obviously like they're going to do a curtain reveal at some point. Yeah. yeah. And as Corinda's partner is Sunlight, which is probably the best name ever. That's, a, that's one opinion. For a dude that owns a new age store. Um, it works for him. It does. But then like Corinda and Sunlight, they have like making like hand gestures like they're there's not it's not all harmony there's some tension yes yes and i thought they were kind of interesting i like them uh, yeah I, they were okay i thought i mean they were more interesting probably than dana honestly mm -hmm. um they've got a helper angelo who shows up in a couple of different spots he's like a I, I don't know if they're they're explicit. I think that they indicate that he's an immigrant from from somewhere. Puerto Rico. Okay, I was gonna say somewhere uh, Spanish speaking. I knew I knew that, um, and I think he has like odd jobs at the school and a, an auto mechanic. And he he just ra randomly pops up in the story from time to time, yeah. which I thought kind of made him more interesting than a couple of other characters either because he just seemed to always kind of be in weird weird spots. Like, oh, why is Angelo there? <laughs> But I feel like the author purposely put him places to make him look guilty. Yeah, that's things. and I didn't like that. It it seemed evident not not too far in that he was being set up to be a patsy, yes. and and then they they made him into a patsy and it was like, well, who didn't see this coming? Like pretty obvious. Fifty pages ago. Yeah. But I don't know. I felt bad for Angelo more than I felt anything for Dana. I actually would like more from Angelo because there was like a one point where he, he's like, "You don't, you don't know what I've seen." It's like, "Well, what have you seen?" I would really like to know. Yes, more about yeah, you. I agree. I, I think he's probably got a more interesting backstory than than Dana. A number of the, uh, I don't know how much we're allowed to say about plot. Oh, go! But attack it. Uh, a number of the, uh, the murdered kids that. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned that in the uh, in the um, the summary People are that at Dana's school, yeah, uh, kids start disappearing under mysterious circumstances. That they all they all get framed effectively, or she thinks they're being framed as car accidents, and they all have something mysterious in their their bloodstream. Uh, I forget the the chemical code, but yeah. it's like HBC19 or something. I don't know. It's some kind of. It's kind of very authentic. It <laughs> not being a forensic scientist, I bought it completely. Yes, it, it um, made sense to me. Uh, yeah, so they all have some weird substance in their blood, and because of that, Dana suspects that you know they weren't just high or drunk, which is what all the police reports say. Mm -hmm. And um, oh yeah, uh, all of the the people that get murdered, she maybe not all, but most of them she sees in visions. Yes, and they're all talking about is it the Red Dawn or something? Yes. Um, or the Red Age. The Red Age. I think Red Dawn was a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true, when the Soviets invade. Yeah. But they never really go into, like, like tell us more about the Red Dawn. That sounded interesting. Yeah. Like, I want to know about this this cult that's recruiting children and then murdering them, and they're all tattooed with the Red Dawn symbol, and really that's all you ever know about it is that there's this thing out there, and it's called the Red Dawn. So I don't know, maybe that's they're saving that for the sequel. But let's spend three pages going over yoga poses. <laughs> yeah. That was annoying. The, this book took me a little longer to get into than I would have liked, just because the beginning was tedious. Yeah, I'd sign that. I I felt like it picked up steam, but it started from such a slow spot that even when it had 
some steam. It still wasn't, you know, you know, page tearing to get to the end. Yeah, the author definitely liked talking about certain things, like yoga. Scene setting, maybe. I don't know. He was trying to get in into the mindset of wh what Dana's feeling right now. And the jujitsu. Like, I feel like he they spent a lot of time talking about like the jujitsu. He probably mm -hmm. takes martial arts and does yoga. I actually would like to know, did she, did she know jujitsu in the show? Pro I mean, she's a trained FBI. They probably teach self defense stuff. She at least knows, like, self defense stuff, I'm sure. She's known for running in her high heels, and I was really hoping they'd have a scene with her <laughs> running in high heels. Because that was probably one of my favorite things in the show. That's poisonous. Is that uh, is that on Gillian Anderson or is that a stunt double? I think it's Gillian Anderson. There's actually there's an episode <laughs> where they're making an X Files movie, and Mulder and Scully have to go and like give some insight. And Leone was uh, playing Scully, who was David Duchovny's wife at the time. And in the background, you see uh, Dana Scully running back and forth, showing how she runs in her heels. <laughs> like when Mulder's having a conversation about something else. I was, it was interesting, actually. I, I don't remember where I read it, but I thought I saw either in, in the book or on Amazon or something that um, Jillian Anderson was consulted for this book. Really? So I guess she's just so is Scully yeah. that they were like, we need to get Ms. Anderson's perspective on this character because she actually defined it, So which I thought was, was kind of cool and interesting. I don't know if, if they talked to David Duchovny for, for the Mulder book, um, but I was like, wow, you, you interviewed the actress that was portraying the character. Okay. Yeah. Really, there, there's been so much more X-Files stuff. We have um, an advanced reader copy in my house of like a children's X-Files book that's coming out this year. Like it's kind of everywhere, and I have... Um, I can see, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but there could be a cool kid's book talking about like the, the tooth is out there, like the first the first uh, tooth thing oh. for, for a child. That'd be kind of neat. <laughs> that would be great. This one was aliens. There was little aliens in the book. You could write that book. I couldn't. No. All I have is a title. But, well, that's all you need. Um, there's also going to be an adult book coming out. And I have it already pre-ordered on audio because David Duchovny and Julian Anderson are doing their voices for the audio book. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I saw that there's, there's a graphic novel that came out for these books. Oh. I think it's the same story. It's like an agent of chaos and a devil's advocate as graphic novels as well as the novel. So I guess pick your uh, your media for consumption there. Smart. I could see it actually working as a graphic novel because some of the some of the scenes that were a little bit boring. Uh, I almost pulled the mic off there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, some of the scenes that were a little bit boring could be just like a one or two frame spooky illustration, and then you wouldn't have to spend. Three pages talking about yoga poses. Just say, okay, she's have a few a few cells of her doing yoga poses, and it conveys Number the same. Dogs. Yeah. Cobra. You're good. Yeah, just the pose, and then a little a little label that t tells you the name of the pose. Because I, I feel like whenever someone describes yoga poses, they really love to include the the yoga names like yeah. Morning Sunrise Mountain or <laughs> whatever they're called. Tilt your abdominal wall. I'm like, yeah, I don't need this. I would rather get to the to the angel death part. Right. Um, going back to the characters, so then there's then there's Ethan, um, mm -hmm. who Dana, I'm starting to call her Scully, so Dana randomly I mean gets partnered with, yeah, um, for chemistry, no, biology. Biology? There's yeah, biology, the dissecting a frog. Yes, that makes sense. Um, and Ethan wants to be a forensic, what's the last word on that? 
I think he wants to be like a CSI, basically a crime team forensic okay. investigation. Thank you. All right, investigator. Um, which sort of gets Dana's interest um, because she's really into math and science. That's right. that's her thing. I did like that Ethan belonged to the science club, and um, he introduces Dana to the science club, and it was three other teens, and it made me think of the Lone Gunman. Do you remember them from the show? I don't know where that is. <gasps> so the Lone Gunman. Sidebar. Were, yeah, they were they were Mulder's people. Um, it was three three guys who were all about conspiracy theories, and whenever Mulder needed something that was a conspiracy theory, they would go to hang out with the Lone Gunman. Okay. They had their own spinoff show for a season too. But there's this this group of like three teens, and they're like, EFT could be a real thing. They're doing it in Russia right now. So I, I can see the parallel then. Yeah, it was. I laughed. I don't know if I was meant to see it, but that's what I saw. Um, yeah, and then Ethan's uncle works for the police force, so he okay. has like the case files in his home, and he invites Dana over to come check out the police files. And Ethan does. Yes, yes, it's Ethan, not the uncle. All right, that'd be a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> Dark spin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, Dana pretty much solves the case. Yeah. Fifteen-year-old Dana Scully. A little help from Ethan, but it's pretty much Dana, Dana. Um, and her visions. Yes. Uh, and everyone keeps telling her, you can't do this, you're a 15-year-old girl. And she's like, but I did it. Yeah. I feel like they belabored that point a bit, if I'm honest. Okay. It's it was mentioned several times, so. so. But, I mean, maybe, obviously, I'm not a 15-year-old girl, and so I, I might be coming that from from a different perspective, but I felt like at, at, at some point it was like, we get it. He never felt 15 to me. I don't know if that was... Older, you think? Yeah, I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was just a male also trying to write a it, teenage girl. It could be that. Um, I think I have a hard time either remembering or identifying exactly what the difference between 14 and 15 versus 16 was, so I, I, I'm not really sure. And I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know how helpful I am in that assessment. She could have... I mean, I could have read her as an adult. With, she she could have been an adult if it wasn't for her parents grounding her at one point. But she just seemed very mature to me. And I mean, she was just very no nonsense, which is the character anyway. Yeah, that might have been Scully shining through, or the author's attempt at that at least. Mm -hmm. So next um, interesting <laughs> parts of the book, I guess. Yeah. I you know I, I put down that we talked about it a little bit earlier. I always go on to Goodreads because I like to see what everybody else thinks. Makes sense. Because I'm just, I'm nosy like that, and people got really annoyed with this version of Dana Scully. They didn't think she was strong enough um, as a character. But once again, she's a 15 year old girl in this, and yeah. you can't compare a teenager to a TV character who's like in her late 20s, mid 20s. I I could see this character turning into the Dana Scully from the TV show. Um, just I guess the, the author. There's just some things he did where I felt like he was like just bashing you over the head. Like this is why I don't want to believe anymore. This is why I only like science. Yeah. Um. I I, I felt like she was a bit robotic. Yeah. To be honest, and again. I'm, I've never been a 15-year-old girl, so maybe that's why I didn't really identify with the character that much, but for whatever reason, it she didn't really 
jump out the, of the page as like a real fleshed out character to me. Yeah, yeah, the, the other people were much more interesting. I thought that Angela was the most interesting character. As I said, like uh, he had like you know, scars all over his arm and like tattoos and like I don't know, he's kind of seemed cool. Like he'd seen some stuff. Yeah, and he he didn't really get a big part in the book. We don't know what they're doing with these, right? Like, there's two that came out pretty close together date-wise. Yeah, the ending of this pretty clearly sets up at least an aspirational sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, if you read the epilogue, it seems like it's not the end of the story. Yeah. So maybe there's supposed to be a, a run of them. And Mulder's came first, which I didn't realize. I don't... I assume they were simultaneous. Yeah, well, only when you go to Goodreads and you look up, like, the order of the books they put... Mulder's before hers. I don't know I if it matters. You. I mean, there's, we talked about like there's two storylines going at once, and the syndicate is like watching these kids, and they were talking at one point about like all the different kids they're observing. I'm like, oh, I wonder if any of them are Mulder if he's being observed too. Well, if you look in the, uh, in like the very first page of the book, there's actually something that I missed the first time through. They've got like a redacted FBI report. Yes. And I think. In both books, it, it mentions both Scully and Mulder as yes. kids being observed. But you're talking about specifically in that scene. Yes, you want to talk about the ki- Yeah, I do, where they have, like, you know, one kid's, like, thrashing in bed, and another one's, like, banging their head against the wall. One kid's, like, crying in a towel. Yeah. That apparently moves sometimes. <laughs> I really want to know more about that kid. Um, none of them really sounded like Mulder. Like, does he do any crazy neurotic things? No. Maybe he used to. Not not in the show, he doesn't. Oh, who knows? Yeah. I did think... So, I liked Fringe. Did you watch Fringe? I'm sorry. You didn't watch Fringe? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so I also... I have no frame of reference here. I really liked the TV show Fringe. Um, I know which, that it exists. Yes, it was, it was a great show, and some people said it was like the new X-Files, which I know... I know someone in particular who does not like it being called the new X Files, but um, it's also very like science fictiony and right. such. And in this show, two of the main characters are Olivia and Peter, and you find out long find out later on down the road like they sort of kind of knew each other when they were kids. And for some reasons, I thought I just thought of like that when I was reading this book as I was like, oh, I wonder if like Mulder will randomly show up and they won't know that they know each other and. Will they somehow connect at a younger age? But, spoiler, that, that didn't happen. That book. didn't seem to happen in Scully's book. I don't know if it does in Mulder's book. Yeah. I I doubt it. They probably had clear direction from whoever came up with the idea, like, this is only Scully, don't put Mulder in this mm-hmm. book, or this is only Mulder, don't put Scully in this book kind of a thing. I'm always really interested in series where it's like a different author tackling... A book, like a book. So like 39 Clues, it was, right. that's a kid's series. And it's like Rick Riordan wrote the first one who did Percy Jackson. And like James Dasher did the second. I, I like those books. Um, <laughs> but they tell. did a really good job of keeping the, like the characters the same. Like their traits didn't really change much. I think there was a female author that did one of the books and suddenly there was like a little bit of a love interest, but then Another, then a male author took it over, and then that was gone. <laughs> but they really, you couldn't tell it was a different author. You never would know unless you looked at the cover. Um, so at that point, I almost wonder why even bother having different authors then. Selling point. Because these were big names in juvenile fiction. Patrick Corman wrote one. 
Anything Rick Riordan writes, people will buy. Yeah. Yeah. Why, uh, J.K. Rowling puts her names back on books. It makes sense. And she writes it, they buy it. <laughs> Instead of her adult pseudonym, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry, J.K. Um, yeah, so I, I am curious to see how this story will progress. And if they if they keep going, like, will they use the same authors? Or will they change authors up completely as they go? And It's a fair question. Will that make the story more interesting if it's a different author? In this case, I would have to say it probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Apologies to the author. I'd I've never read, it, read any of his stuff before. I, yeah. I knew the name. Like, I knew the name immediately. Um, I also recognize the name, um, but have never previously read any works. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to be too negative. I didn't hate it. It just didn't really move me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> it w- I, I liked it. I would like to have been able to read it a little bit slower. <laughs> Apologies. It's all good. Uh, for the action scenes, um, there is the, what I thought was pretty well done was the, the chase scene um, where she's running away from the stadium and she's like yes. running through yards. Yes. I thought that was one of the, the better parts of, of the book. Of course, I don't know how full spoiler you want to go, but <laughs> the scene ends with her completely doing something ridiculous and ill-advised. She's running from uh, the, you know, the big bad murderer, and at some Which point... she thinks she is the big bad murderer. Well, at that point in the story, there's no reason to, to suspect, according to the facts presented, that she's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the middle of this, this chase, she, like, stops in the middle of the street, sees a ghost walk into a house... And then follows the ghost into this empty house when she thinks there's a murderer <laughs> like half a block behind her. Like, are you what? <laughs> Why you would you do that? Like that? <laughs> That's what happened. I thought that was kind of absurd. That is I was very like, this is this is Dana Scully. Like, how did she live to be 16? <laughs> this is very YA. <laughs> oh, I, I've seen visions of you. I've seen photos of your corpse. Let me go follow you into the house. Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough if there's not a murderer chasing you a block behind. Let alone, you know, following a ghost into an empty ghost house, you know, on your own time. And so, all of the, all of the dead teenagers were in this house. Did um, and they gave her a like a warning, right? You're next, basically. Yeah, you're next after the boy and the girl. We found out who the girl was. Did we ever find out who the boy was? I don't think we did. I'm thinking. I don't. I don't know. That's okay. I don't know either. Maybe it's because they stopped killing. Wait, the boy was probably An- Angelo, right? You think this would have been Angelo? Yeah, I think he so. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he was he was in that thing. He had the tattoo. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all good. I spoil everything. Okay. Let me I spoil th- a divergent for you too while we're here. <laughs> Just in case you didn't listen to the previous podcast. <laughs> I spoil everything. <laughs> so yeah, I do think Angelo was probably the boy. Okay. Okay. Um, Etc. I I wrote down a few things there. I, I we already talked about the Smoky Man at the end, which is a reference. You know, I want to believe came up a couple times, which is yeah you know, on Mulder's UFO mm-hmm. poster. I thought that there was going to be a thing with Star Wars references. Actually, yeah. I started tracking them because I I started noticing like Star Wars reference, Star Wars reference. I was like, oh, maybe there's going to be like a theme here. Uh, I don't really think it ever materialized into anything. I caught one Star Wars reference. What other ones were there? Uh, I wrote. I wrote them down. Um, the little brother definitely has a lightsaber at one point. Oh. 
He's wearing a black bucket on his head at one point, which is a Vader mask. Yeah. Um, the frog in the science club has a Luke Skywalker shirt on. That's real? Yeah. What is that? Um, the high school is referred to as a wretched hive of scum and villainy, which is the most Isley Cantina. That's how uh, Ben Kenobi refers to the most Isley Cantina. This might have been the author's only way to make sure you knew it was 1979. That's all I can think is like, these are just like little, I, I, th I was really hoping, uh, uh, disclaimer, I like Star Wars. I was really hoping there's going to be like some theme that came through, and, but it, but again, Star Wars, it's been a thing since the '70s. It could have been in the '80s, that could have been in the '90s, that could have been in the 2000s. Like every single decade, there's been, uh, you know, kids that were into Star Wars. Yeah. Since the '70s, at least. Um, but tell so yeah, that that didn't really pan out. But I wanted, I was hoping that it would. The next time we do this together, we're going to do a Star Wars book. Okay. I Not would the next time, because next time's our X Files book. But after that. Okay. I would totally do that. I actually, I've read YA Star Wars books okay. when I was a YA. <laughs> like, right? Oh, when you were a young, Yeah, when I was a young adult. Oh. There was a, there was a series. It was called, like, Young Jedi Knights or something like that. We used to have it here. Yeah. I think I weeded it. I liked it. When I started. But I was a Star Wars guy. I don't really care. I read it. I don't need us to have it. No. Um... Yeah, I've, I've read a fair share of uh, Star Wars books, so I'd... My dad I would, had a whole bunch of them, too. I would do that. Okay. Yeah, they, they are re-releasing them now, too. I think Disney's putting them out. Disney owns most things that are good at this point. Smart Disney. Okay, so yeah, now we can go. Things that we like? Yes. Well, you already mentioned um, one of them. I liked that the taglines from the show were sort of in the book so um like Dana says like I want to believe and at one point she's talking that and she says the truth is out there I was like yay oh she said I missed that one I, I I thought it was in there somewhere and then I went back and I was this is too many too many pages to flip through I assumed it would be in yeah, there she said something like I, like I know the truth like, I can't stop looking I know the truth is out there and then the next chapter was Burlatch and he's like did you hear what she just said she oh. said the truth is out there we can't have this so he just they really jammed it in to make sure if you missed it. Yeah. I also liked her grandmother. Oh, yeah. That that was an interesting... So, Dana's grandmom lives with them. But I guess she has, like, dementia? It's That's how I read it. Some Something like that. Yeah, she's older, and she has moments where she's... Most of the time, she's not very lucid. Um, but she'd be sitting there drinking her tea, and then she'd, like, just sort of, like, spout out this, like stuff about like angels and it's just like she would just start talking and Dina's like this is so interesting like I can't set her off though because I want to keep hearing what she says and then later on down the book Dana wants to like leave the house and she's grounded and her grandmom's like oh Margaret who was the mom you never ride your bike anymore and she's like I can ride the bike thanks grandmom like I yeah she was she was very much like a fairy godmother kind of coming in with sage advice yeah. and topical um points of interest that were very relevant to whatever Dana was experiencing like that day. Her grandmother would just know what to say while not knowing what she was saying kind of a thing. It was like a, like a trance almost. Yeah. And there's a scene. So Dana had a lot of trouble sleeping. And at one point, there's like a, thun a thunderstorm or lightning storm. There's no thunder. And her grandmom just like appears in front of her and she's talking. And then like lightning goes off again. And Dana looks back and the grandmother's gone. Her mother's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched like a Batman movie. <laughs> it's okay. Um, sorry, sorry for the derailment. 
So, like you don't you don't know um, like you don't always know what Dana is seeing. Like is she seeing what's really there? Is she there's a vision? Is, is she an unreliable narrator in some ways? Is she seeing things that aren't really happening? And it seems after having read the book that the conclusion is yes. She probably was an unreliable narrator, but the experiences were still her experiences, so in that way, no, she wasn't, I guess. So yeah, she was seeing things that probably weren't there, but she was still actually seeing them, so like she wasn't lying to the reader, I, I guess. I think she was really seeing things. They certainly seem to imply that you know, if she was, if it was all hallucinations, then why were so many of them true? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, so, yeah. And she's being watched for a reason. Uh-huh. So there's something special about her. So she she's had something going on. She's got on. some kind of precog and stuff. The, and the aliens wanted her. They, they took her in okay. the show. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, she probably was, was actually, sensitive. you know, sensitive to other stuff. Paranormal. I mean, they, they closed the book fast. Like I feel like once it had its conclusion, like it, they try to tie everything up really neat. Yeah, a lot. I mean, the I think that the standard, you know, trajectory is like the the smooth bell curve where you have the rising action, the climax, and then the falling action, and the uh, the resolution and all that. But this was kind of just like a roller coaster that went up and then it really never dropped. Yeah. Which is why I think it got better towards the end because then it was like, okay, things are finally starting to like feel like they're going to, you know, happen. Mm-hmm. And then they did happen and it was, it was over almost immediately. Yeah. It was like three steps instead of like one step up and then like a step down and like a curve. I don't know if I'm really helping with these descriptions no, right no, now. No, no, it works. Like it, I don't know. Like it's not going to make me, I'm not going to think about it tonight, you know? Like sometimes you read something and it's like a slow burn. Oh, no. And it like, it just like you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, oh my Gosh, and then this this is not this. No, the, one I'm of the good. reasons I wrote so many notes down is because I was worried I would forget in the week and a half it's been since I finished the book. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about it keeping me up at night. Anything you liked that we missed? Um, I thought, I mean, very superficial things is what I wrote down. I liked in the in the very beginning there was like a redacted FBI field report and. I missed it when I first, I didn't see it until I finished reading because mm-hmm. it was like before the first page. I thought it was kind of neat I think it's touch. part of the cover, right? Well, no, the, not that. Oh. Just look into that. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay. Did you see that? I read it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I missed that the first time. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a cool thing and it, it shows the surveillance of Dana, her family, and also mentions uh, Fox Mulder and, and his dad and, and that family. Um, I don't know. Not not a lot stuck out as especially stellar to me, um, if I'm honest. Uh, okay. It was it was okay. It was the cover scary. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The cover's also kind of meh. I I do wonder what teens will think about this book. I mean, like I was a teenager in the '90s. I me too. I like '90s stuff. You know, I grew up with X Files, which is why I wanted to read it. Do kids today still care? Like, like Star Wars. Like, you will always love Star Wars. Isn't that right? Like, you can be born, like, 20 years from now, and you'll still be like, I want to watch all the Star Wars movies. I mean, it might be, there's kind of always, like, that, the retro kick crowd, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this was maybe not a show that my parents watched. Maybe, well, not teenagers right now, but 
you know, it was before my time and therefore I'll get into it kind of thing. Like, yeah. I remember when I was growing up and I'd see, like, kids my age walking around with Led Zeppelin t-shirts. It's like, you never, like, what? No, that's yeah. before your time. But still, it's like, there's there's always that, that thing. I remember, like, Beatles, the Beatles yeah. when I was in eighth grade. But, I mean, it, it's fine. You're allowed to like it. So maybe there will be people that like it for that. Also, I feel like X-Files is kind of a, a persistent cultural presence to a very small extent. Like, it's not The Simpsons or mm -hmm. Star Wars or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I, I people know about it. Yeah. I, I think people know what the X-Files show was. Um, so, yeah. I guess it's just an effort to reintroduce it to a new generation. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Especially if they're going to do more than 11 seasons. If they're going to bring it back more and more. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what didn't you like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't really like all of the really heavy-handed metaphysical stuff. It it seemed uh, it seemed a bit forced to yeah. me. Like I would have preferred if it was a little bit more mysterious, more in the background, and more like is she having visions? Instead, it was no like she's having visions, and they're this explicit. But that's just kind of me personally, I suppose. Um, I alluded to the fact earlier, but there were a couple of instances that I think were meant to, to preface adult Scully's, you know, like bravery and determination and tenacity, but they just seemed reckless and, and foolish, like following a ghost into a ghost house when a murderer's a step behind you. Like, yeah. why? Like, I, I don't know. Um, in general, none of the characters were all that compelling to me. Um, I, I also noted... I wrote down on, on, I think, page 156, there's a description of a librarian, which is, of course, negative, because yes. it always is. And she's like hatchet-faced and the Wicked Witch and this cranky mean. It's like, that's oh, come on. Why the library hate? I know. They, they always hate librarians. It's just such a such an easy thing to write in the, the crotchety old mean-spirited librarian. She could have been the Wicked Witch. The only thing that's missing was like the green skin. Like, oh, Yeah. I, I, I see you've, you've seen the quote as well. Yes. It, it hurt. <laughs> you mentioned um, the like all the, the metaphysical stuff being so over the top, and I feel like that was done on purpose, though. Like they put it over the top so that Dana would be like, "No, I'm done with this forever." That makes sense. I mean, like, I, I still didn't love it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if it had been more subtle, I think she might be more willing to still want to figure out, like you know, where her vision's real. And now she's like, "Forget this noise, science, yeah. medicine." That makes sense. I also, also talked about like why she decided to become a doctor, and I thought that was kind of forced too. I, I don't know, the whole ending just felt forced. Right. I'm not going to disagree. Okay. So how about tropes? Um. Yeah. I actually, sorry to, to jump in. I know that we've we've got the, you know the standard tropes. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought that it fit a different trope that Ooh. wasn't on the sure. standard trope list, which I called the Scooby Doo trope which is like a group of clued-in teens win the day and solve the crime despite or in spite of bumbling and ignorant adults. I like that. So I thought it fit the Scooby-Doo trope to a T um, because obviously at every step of the way, adults were nothing but a hindrance, and they were like, you know, stop pursuing this. You're, you're grounded. You're grounded. You're crazy. There's no visions. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, the, the plucky teen persevered so I thought that that was that was that was tropey yes it is tropey that's that is amazing Alexis would be so proud right now if she was here that's great well she'll hear it when she she hears it I guess hi Alexis how's it going 
Um, I, I have this as standard ones, but, you know, and then he walked in, which was Ethan, who I liked, um, but I felt like he really set Dana up um, in her future career of, you know, science. And, um, he's the one that really gave her all the information she needed to solve the case. Yeah, he was kind of a facilitator. He was almost a version of Melissa on, like, the science side, whereas yeah. Melissa was, like, the the flighty kind of head in the clouds um, paranormal uh, explainer. He was like more of this, not necessarily explainer, but the mm -hmm. facilitator for the case files and the science crew and like a more grounded worldview, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he also, he felt like a sidekick, right? Which is the X-Files. Like you have to have a sidekick. So, but it, there was also like a, a sweet little romance, but it wasn't like overbearing. Yeah, very, very minimal. I think they had like one awkward kiss and then she literally ran away. <laughs> but she was running home. Yeah. <laughs> you make it sound awful. <laughs> That's not why she ran away. <laughs> she was going to get grounded. Yep. <laughs> the 70s. Get grounded. Um, thanks? Oh. Are you, you, you going to go through all of them? I don't know. I I don't know how these work. No, we don't. I do wrote I wrote notes for all, for all the trips. I only just go over the ones I think are most relevant. Okay. If you have any more you think are relevant, um, I'd say Bad Boy was relevant. For Angelo. Angelo definitely fit that. Okay. I think pretty well, but I mean that's pretty self-explanatory. All right, sorry. Skipping to angst. All good. I think there was one time where we didn't have any tropes at all. Really? Like, oh, you know we were, we were at the chemist because it wasn't teen. It was it was oh. adult. So I'm like none of these apply. So no, no teen tropes. No teen tropes in the chemist. I still like that one. Uh, we also skipped the relatableness of the character. On the script. Go back to that. All right, then we'll go back to the relatableness of the character. Did you think that Dana Scully was relatable? Not terribly. No. For me, you know, personally, as I said, not a fifteen-year-old girl. I I've never been a fifteen-year-old girl who sees angels. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe that's what's what I'm going to chalk it up to, but. I can't really put my finger on it, but she never really, I don't know. I I found her relatable. I I could empathize with her. Uh, you know, I could, not that I see angels, but, you know, I <laughs> I can empathize with, you know, n thinking that something is right and, you know, the frustration of having people believe you. Um, the frustration of going to, like, a parent or... Um, someone of authority and trying to explain to them what you know and them not believing you. Like, yeah, I guess I've, I've been there before. Yeah, so that made, that made her relatable. Um, but, I mean, she wasn't written to be the most relatable person. Um, she definitely, even, I would say, even from, like, the get-go, she always had, like, I feel like she had, like, like, a wall around her, you know? But she wasn't very warm. She kept calling herself, like, weird, too, which I didn't, Particularly, like self-esteem issues, I guess. Yeah. Um, she wasn't the worst character I've seen. Since no, I certainly. Or since I started reading, I've, I've seen worse. Worst character ever. <laughs> not not Dana Scully. That would be the woman from Fifty Shades of Grey. She was like, or Bella. I would get Bella from Twilight. They're the same characters. So they're, they're both pretty terrible. I'd probably say Jar Jar Binks, but that's my Star Wars bias. Yeah. Okay. Now. Thanks level. What did you have? I I thought of two, um, which is a Rose Hathaway. And um, just, you know, she 
she had her problems, and she could be a little, yeah, a little whiny about her problems, but for the most part, she was very good at prioritizing the issues and looking at it from a scientific standpoint and, like, attacking her problems. Like, she wanted to figure things out. I also thought probably a two because there were some boy problems, but she was also a, a butt kicker based on this uh, this description here. Um I thought it fit. Uh, I mean, especially because she was doing like judo or jujitsu. Jujitsu, sorry. Um, so very literally butt kicking at times. What about the scene? I'm sorry, go back to the jujitsu. Like she kept getting, she kept losing to her sparring partner. Oh, until who she was almost a black belt. almost murders him. Yeah, it's like everything went in like slow motion and. Yeah, I, I think that was like a like a precog premonition. Like she knew what he was going to do before he was going to do it, and then almost murdered him, kind of a thing. I just I didn't really knew where it fit like in her story is it supposed to give i i I think at the time it kind of was just like her burgeoning psychic powers were supposed to be manifesting in in various places unexpectedly and that was one of the places where it was cool unbeknownst to her the no i know what you're gonna do and then it's the matrix yeah it was very it was very neo-ish um but yeah so I, i thought you know despite having obvious social anxiety pretty serious family dysfunction pretty crippling nightmares and visions that she actually stayed rather positive and upbeat. Mm-hmm. But I did say also that because all those things were present, that I could see it being like a five for the angst level because okay. there was dysfunction, there was anxiety, there were nightmares. Um, you know, all those things did exist, but I, I really think it was a two. Okay. It was either a two or like a five for me, okay. but probably a two. Probably two. Yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't terribly angsty. We've seen much worse. All right. Um, how would you rate this book? I gave it a C. That's that's pretty good. Oh, did you think I'd do worse? Yeah, no. I I gave it a B. I no. liked it. I would I, recommend it. I didn't. Yeah, I, I I think in the beginning I might have been again overstating the degree to which I was disappointed. It, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I'd say it was it was average. Like it? Yeah, average works. Um, if you like Devil's Advocate. Do you have anything else you'd like to recommend? I was going to recommend uh, a graphic novel, actually. Okay. It's called Letter 44. It's written by Charles Soule. Uh, it also involves conspiracies, aliens, government surveillance. So if that was, if you like that whole black window to darkened, uh, you know, sedan watching kids play in the playground, you might give uh, Letter 44 a try. So that was going to be my suggestion. Nice. I, uh, I was struggling, but I went with uh, James Patterson's uh, Daniel X series. The first okay. one is uh, Dangerous Days of Daniel X, and he's an alien hunter. Is that because of the X? Yes. X-Files, no. Daniel X. That, that could be that one is, of those. That's a good parallel, though. One of those before and after Jeopardy categories, whatever they're called. Like, oh, yeah. That's Wheel of Fortune, right? Or is it Jeopardy as well? What is Daniel X-Files? Yeah, it's Daniel Days of X-Files. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, that's just before it's a teenage. And after. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. Sorry. Yeah, see, I know my Wheel of Fortune, not my Jeopardy. Um, he's an alien who hunts other aliens, and he's a teenager. And uh, also, like, isn't that book? like the same as Ben Ten? I've actually never watched Ben Ten. Tell me all about it. Oh, I don't know that much about it. I just thought, oh no, he has like a magic watch or something. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's an extreme digression. <laughs> I, I want to know more. But about I think he fights aliens, oh. and I think he uses like a watch to turn into like an alien or a superhero or something. I don't know. Never Good mind. No. Um, that could be. That could all be wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Um, yeah, and much like H. James Patterson book, I thought the chapters in this book were really short. I actually liked that. Me too. It really made it easy to 
pick up and put down. So, you know, for whatever reason, I had to stop reading. It was probably only a page and a half to the end of the chapter, mm -hmm. or at most like three to four pages, because I think the longest chapter might have been like eight pages. Yeah. So whenever whenever I would get like a reluctant teen reader come in, I usually went for like a James Patterson young adult series because the chapters are so short and it makes you feel like you're reading so much faster that yeah i could see that being a selling point i mean some of these chapters were half a page yeah and that was it those are my favorite chapters there are some good good quick chapters felt very accomplished when i read this book yeah i'm doing it <laughs> flying through it so this was golly's book um ryan and i are going to do something a little bit different normally i do one podcast a month, but we're going to do the second book as well later on this month, and it is Agent of Chaos, and it's by, I'm going to butcher her name, Cami Garcia? Right? I, I don't know her. Yeah, she, she wrote Beautiful Creatures. Um, people seem to like her book a lot more. Uh, I started book. reading it, and I think I like it more. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm only about 30 pages in, but it already seems more interesting to me, and I hope it's not just like a, a boy girl, like I can't relate to. That. I hope it, I hope that's not it, and I hope it's just. Although this is a female author writing it, I so. was, this is really terrible, and I hope it's not because I am a female. But I tend to like the way female authors write young adult books better than male authors. I don't know why that is, but I can usually read something and I'll be like, oh, that's, I wrote that. I'm not loving it. Well, maybe I'm the same. I don't know. I you've certainly got a, a wider breadth of young adult. Uh, novels under your belt than I do. I feel like you, I don't know, I don't generalize, but I always feel like I get more from a female author. I'm trying to, I feel like most of the YA novels I've read have been female authors. Although I, I like some Scott Westerfeld books. Yeah, we've talked about those before. Like, like, I loved Uglies. I didn't read that. I read the Behemoth or Leviathan okay. series, like it was a steampunk World yeah. War One. That was. I, I actually really enjoyed those. A female author. There you go. Yeah, Uglies was great. So, yeah, I guess I'm uh, I'm satisfied with with what we said here. Okay, we'll be back uh, later on in the month for our second podcast. You can check out a list of all the books we talked about today on our website www.camdencountylibrary.org/yaah-podcast. We also have a Facebook page if you do a search for Young Adult at Heart. Um, feel free to come to the library and talk to us about books. You can't find Ryan, but you can find me. I'm around. He's a, he, he floats around. Try the second floor. Um, I guess that's about it for today. Anything else? Uh, nope. All right, cool. So that's it, and we'll see you later on in the month. This is Kristen signing off. This is Ryan saying adios. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to do that. I like it. <laughs>